Hello, everyone, and welcome to Service Logic's Women in HVAC series. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're talking about getting comfortable in the ambiguity and the chaos that has been the last couple of years. Things have changed quite a bit, and things are always changing in most industries, but we're going to talk specifically today about HVAC and just getting a little bit more comfortable with the ambiguity of certain circumstances. And so joining me here today is Elizabeth Barber. She is the Operations Service Manager at Service Logic. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to see you and um, talk about HVAC and what's going on in the terms of women in the industry. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to have you on today and to, to continue this conversation. And we're also thrilled to be joined by Abby Lissick. She is a customer, uh, customer account coordinator at ServiceLogic. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like you said, this is a, this is a really interesting and exciting topic to, to dive into, Elizabeth. And so when we say getting comfortable with ambiguity or kind of working in the chaos, what does that mean specifically for you in HVAC? Well, in terms of the last couple of years, you know, we've all gone through um, COVID. So that was one uh, thing that really got us out of our processes. We were having to really flex as the customer requirements changed, um, vendor um, capabilities to respond um, changed as we were going through people, you know, being out on medical leave, coming back, things like that. It's taken a little bit of a turn, though, recently. We're really now we're dealing with a lot of supply chain issues still that's been going on for a while. It doesn't show any sign of abating and simply being able to get materials and pairing them with the right technician, getting them into the field on site to make these repairs and do this maintenance work has become a challenge. And Abby, what about from your perspective, uh, being the customer account coordinator, what, what does that look like for you, just given some of the challenges that Elizabeth was talking about? Yeah, the challenges are at long lead times. I mean, we're seeing 30 to 40 week lead times on some items, which is unbelievable. Uh, so it's just making sure that the customer is aware up front, being honest, this is the lead time. This is what we're looking at. And, and things could change even from there. So just keeping the customer as comfortable as possible, knowing they have to just roll with the uncertainty as well of, of lead times and, and making sure their customer is aware of it as well. Uncertainty is a, is a good way to put it because that, that's really what the last couple of years have felt like, right? You don't know what things are going to look like from one day to the next. And Elizabeth, that really disrupts a lot of the, the processes that we kind of come to, to, to rely on quite a bit in our day-to-day -day mm -hmm. lives and jobs most of the time. How has that disruption of process made its impact felt in HVAC? What does that look like for you? Well, for us, what it means is we have to keep our eye on the outcome. Like, where are we trying to go? Um, we have to, I mean, the processes help guide us, but at a certain point, processes go out the window because mm -hmm. we're dealing with a situation in which no process uh, could be built for, these uh, crazy situations that happen from time to time. So in terms of that, we have to really just keep our eyes on the outcome we're trying to achieve and focus less on following the process to the letter. Elizabeth, that, that's a that's a great point. And Abby, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me about that is that sometimes it can be a scary thing to go outside of a process, right? Outside of the normal way of doing things. Um, what do you think it takes to, to give confidence and to provide the, um, yeah, the, the, I, I think confidence is the right word, the confidence necessary to take a, a step outside of a normal process in order to get things done in the long run? What does it take from managers? What does it take from employees to make sure that that's happening? 
I think definitely having the support of um, our managers is huge. Some of these going outside of the processes is is new to a lot of people. So one, doing it is going to make you more comfortable with the situation of not the norm process, but having the support of our managers to just jump in and take it and and kind of guide you in the way that you're supposed to go, even though it's so far off the beaten path of the said process. So, you know, having the support, but also doing it and getting comfortable with not normal processes is, is going to help you in the future become a, a better manager of your account and be able to to just sway with with the direction of how things are going, how they hit you, how you how you redirect them. Yeah, and Elizabeth, it's about taking risks, right? Essentially, that's kind of what we're talking about. Is being okay with with taking some a little bit more risk these days. Yeah, and for my role, what it is is making sure people understand that this is not a punitive environment. If you make the best decision you can make with what you know at any given moment, that's all anybody can ask you to do. Five minutes from now, you might learn something different that would have changed that original call that you made. But at the moment, you made the best decision you could with the data that was at hand and making sure that when people do that, you're not punishing them for that, for that ending up being the wrong call. From my perspective as a leader in our group, I prefer people do something, right? Mm-hmm. I always feel like it's easier to course correct when you're underway, under power, so to, so to say. If you're so paralyzed by the fear of making a mistake and getting in trouble for making a mistake, you don't even get started. And then it's really hard to overcome that inertia and figure out where to go. I would much rather have people say, you know what? Here's where we are. This is what I'm going to do. Let's at least move in this direction. And if some new data becomes available, we'll adjust as we go to get there. And then sometimes you get to a point and you're like realizing anything that we've ever done before isn't working here. We're going to hop out of this. We're going to call somebody else. We're going to do something else and just try to shake the tree enough to make something happen. And then we can work with that. That's a that's a great point. How do you communicate that to to a team, right? Uh, to to a group of people um, that it's not punitive and, and that uh, that stepping out and, and taking that risk and being able to justify your decision making process is a positive and a good thing and a welcome thing in this environment. How do you communicate that? I tell a story. I tell a story of when I used to work for somebody that maybe some of your listeners would even know. His name was Jeffrey Gittimer. He's a book author. He wrote the little red book of selling, the king of sales. He's everywhere. I worked for him for four years. It was an amazing growth opportunity for me to work directly for someone like that. Do you know when we made a mistake and really mucked something up, he would come to you and give you a $100 bill give you a $100 bill for having the courage to do what you thought was the best thing in that moment and move things forward. I mean, that's an amazing vote of confidence in that this didn't shake out exactly the way that you hoped it would, but you did something and you kept moving forward. And that builds a lot of confidence. I can't go around handing out $100 bills to everybody. I wish that I could, but I can take the spirit of that and infuse that into my team. Don't be afraid because I've got your back on this. Even if it doesn't go exactly the way we want it, we will fix it. We have yet to come across something here in our division that has been broken so badly it could not be fixed. That's a that's a great point, I, man. I would have a, I would be a much much more um, I would be a much wealthier person these days if I got a hundred dollars for every mistake I made. That's for sure. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> that, that is a great that is example of leadership to me that I have taken that spirit forward. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I I like that a lot though. That I think that's that's a really powerful example of uh, of enabling people to to make the best decision in that moment in time. I, I think that's a great way to put it. And Abby, you know, recently there was an example of coming up against some challenges where things were not necessarily going the way that anybody expected them to go. Right? Tell us a little bit about that story. And I, I know Elizabeth played a huge part in this in this uh, example as well. Yes, that was. One of the most fun moments that I've had, I guess, working here, um, if if that's what you want to call it. Um, so I was closing on a house. It was Thanksgiving. So everything's closed. Every, you know, all packages are behind anyhow. Um, it, it was just so many moving parts all at one time. Uh, phone calls from all sorts of people. Uh, so we ordered these parts for one of our customers, um, the shipping company. We came to find out that they dropped all of the packages in a ravine in Birmingham, Alabama, which came on the national news. It was unbelievable. Um, but having to roll with all the punches that we were getting along the way with that, I did have to enlist Elizabeth's help. Closing on a house, I was a little busy. Uh, so she just jumped right in and she took it over. I mean, she was calling the shipping company, calling the customer, it was so much happening at one time, but thankfully she she got it all out at the very end. And the day after Thanksgiving, we were replacing parts after they were found in the ravine. So at the time, at the time I didn't know where, that the parts were in the right. ravine. It was just we were fielding some angry customers, uh, angry phone calls from our customer, angry phone calls from the end user. The end user ended up, you know, attempting to redirect the package, successfully redirected the package, which resulted in angry phone calls from our service provider because it was their package. Um, it was really kind of a little bit chaotic. And at that point, any process we had did not apply. I mean, we do not have a process for what happens when a shipping company chucks your packages in a ravine in Alabama and you don't know that that's where they are. We're ordering extra parts, expedited, overnight shipping. And then, of course, as you would know it, all the parts should show up on the same day at different locations. So, you know, the end of the story is a happy story because at the at the very uh, fundamental bottom of this whole thing, what matters is getting a technician on site, getting that equipment fixed up and running so we don't have an at-risk site. And we accomplished that. But man, that was that was a challenging situation that we did not have a process on how to navigate. You just had to fly that by the seat of your pants. And, and and I think that's a that's a really powerful example because it none of the, none of the process for how that ended up you know uh, being accomplished there's there's not a there's not a rule book for that situation like you said no one has a, a plan in in place for what happens if your parts end up in a ravine in another state you know um, so yeah I, I think that's a really great example but in the end it's about making sure that the outcome is the outcome that your clients needed that you needed. Um, that everyone involved needed. So I, I, that, that's why I think that's such a great example. <laughs> I hope we never have another one like that. I really hope not. Really yeah. hope not. Right, right. The the principles remain the same, though, and that, that's, I think, the, the, the important lesson. And so... Um, so as we start to wrap up our conversation today, Elizabeth, what, what sorts of things do you think people can take from this conversation and begin to implement into their everyday lives to become a little bit more comfortable in the chaos, in the ambiguity, in the uncertainty of, of things that are going on right now? I think it's just to tell yourself and to tell those around you, 
we only know what we know at this moment in time. Tomorrow we may know something different, but based on what we know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start moving forward, get some momentum, and then if something changes tomorrow, then we'll change and we'll adjust and flex with whatever the new data is that shows us where to go. But we have to do something uh, to start some forward motion. And that's what I would tell, you know, people. And you have to take the fear, you know, out of out of that, you know, take the fear out of people for being afraid of making a mistake. Can all be fixed, right? And so you just start moving and you adjust as you go. Abby, what about you? What, what do you hope people take away from this conversation and, and can apply to their their particular situation? Yeah, I think just being a leader to those who haven't been in these types of situations as I have um, and just guiding them in, in the direction that they need to be. As chaotic as it is, you just have to stay calm. You have to collect your thoughts. You have to review the data. And then you you make a decision based off of that. You can't just react to certain situations because uh, that's probably not going to get you the end result that you want. It is going to throw you in a panic and it, it's probably not going to go well. So I think just helping lead those who are going through these situations and, and learning every day from Elizabeth that just stay calm, collect the facts and, and move forward from there. Mm. I always tell them to slow down, just slow yeah. down and breathe. Take five, yeah. you know, and things get a little clear. And it does really help having other people to be your sounding board. It is really valuable to have other people in your group that you can just throw ideas and thoughts off of and have them give you some feedback to challenge your assumptions, whatever your assumptions that you're making. And usually the assumption that I challenge with people, people think things are a bigger deal than what they are. You know, this is not a reason to freak out or panic. Yes, this feels really big in the moment because you've got a customer that is applying a lot of pressure and that doesn't feel good. Or you've got a service provider applying pressure. We sit in the middle. Sometimes we get it from both ends at the same mm -hmm. time. And that doesn't always feel good. But at the end of the day, slow down and breathe. This probably is when we look back on it a month from now, this will not be as big of a deal as what it feels like at this moment. Yeah, and one of the things that, that both of you just said, uh, Abby said, you know, get the data and, and look at the data. And Elizabeth, you said, you know, get the facts, look at the facts and, and kind of collect what you know about a certain situation. Abby, how important is that aspect of things? Not just reacting emotionally and then making a, a decision based off of that, but, but taking a second to, like Elizabeth was saying, slow down a little bit, collect the facts, get the data, and then make an informed decision based on what you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you can review or you can react. And I think in a lot of situations, I try and lead people into just reviewing everything first. Uh, look at your past experiences. If someone's not been through these experiences, I'll teach you and I'll show you the ones that I've gone through and this is how I've handled it. So I, I, I think just reviewing everything first will definitely help you move forward in a, in a more seamless process way. You create I, your own process. <laughs> You do. And I never um, make people feel bad for reacting emotionally because they react emotionally. And I do the same thing. I can get really you, a really emotional reaction because you care so much. Right. And you want so much for everything to be perfect for your customer and for your service provider to create a winning environment. And when it feels like you're fighting against all different things that are coming at you to make that happen. You do care so much that you do take it personally and you do react um, emotionally about things. I do it, you know, and sometimes I have to get myself in hand to say, okay, 
all right, let's take a breather. And we vented off to each other a little bit. Um, so the emotional reaction is not necessarily bad because it indicates you care. And I would rather have a whole team full of people that care enough to react in an emotional way than those who don't care at all. I can, I can deal with that. We can, we can get the emotion, you know, out of it, talk that out, work that out of our system, but they care and you can't, you can't teach that people care. They don't. And I would rather have that than the other, than the flip side of that. That's a, that's a really good point. And I think a great clarification. Um, yeah, really, really well, well put Elizabeth. Um, as we start to wrap things up, any, any final thoughts, anything you want listeners to, to walk away with anything that you either something we haven't talked about yet, or just a, a final thought that, that you think, um, that you want to stick with people, uh, after this episode, Elizabeth, any, anything else that you want to, uh, leave people with? My final thought is just that my goal is to take the fear and nervousness out of everything that we do. This is, it's just HVAC, you know, at the end of the day, it's HVAC is what we're doing. It's very important. I always call it the invisible infrastructure and it's never been more important than it is now in terms of the mission critical sites that we work on and all of that uptime plus indoor air quality for spaces that people are in. It's having a moment. HVAC is having its moment right now, which is great. So excited to be part of that. But it's just HVAC, and we just have to tell ourselves that as we're going through each day, especially as we ramp up into summer. It's a very good point. Very good point. And as the uh, as the sign behind you says, "Be bold, brave, and brilliant." And I think that's a that's a good way to to put it as well. Abby, uh, final thoughts from you here on the podcast today. Yeah, I think just staying calm, collecting your thoughts and and moving forward with sound decisions. Yes, you can react emotionally. That's totally fine. Uh, just get everything that you need together first. Make a sound decision for the best interest of your customer and just stay calm. Very, very well put. Elizabeth Barber and Abby Lissick joining us here on ServiceLogic's Women in HVAC series. Thank you both so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. So great. So glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of the show. We appreciate having you along very much. Of course, for more, you can visit the ServiceLogic website or you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest from ServiceLogic. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guests today, Elizabeth and Abby, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. 